Leading from the heart, spiritual leadership and having a purpose is what I learned from founder of Bold Foods, Paul Brown. I could have talked to him all day about culture, building a legacy and building trust and creating mini entrepreneurs within his entrepreneurial business. Get your notepad, take some notes. This is a learner. Welcome to another episode of the Anything Is Possible podcast. As you all know now, I love to interview brands I am seriously obsessed with. And today I'm with founder of Ball Foods, Paul Brown. Um, you'll know Ball, it is a household name by now, but I'm going to hand over to Paul to tell you all about it. Well, thanks for inviting me on the podcast, Holly. Super excited. So Ball Foods is a 100% plant-based food company. We started it in 2015. Uh, we make everything from delicious shakes and uh, curries and salads and soups. And it's all uh, 100% natural, no additives, no preservatives, no reds on the traffic lights, tastes amazing, looks amazing, and is, is net nutrient dense. And it sells in big and small shops all around the country. But first, I want to take you back a little bit because your career in food started in another very well-known brand, Innocent. And I just said to you, the Innocent story was something that I listened to back in 2011 before I started my business. Um, so tell us about your role there and your journey with Innocent. So I guess my role at Innocent started uh, after the company had been going in the early 2000s. I'd, I was essentially a a failed sportsman. So I, I tried and failed to make it in football, rugby, and, and my last sporting attempt was in uh, snowboarding. I was living out in California. I'd actually qualified as a, a snowboard instructor. And uh, after about a week in, I injured myself pretty badly racing uh, border cross. So I actually spent the best part of a year recuperating in Los Angeles at 21 years old. Wow. And at that age, I wrote a business plan to start a healthy food company, came back to Manchester, where I was from, was working in a, a cafe, uh, ironically uh, flipping burgers and making <laughs> bacon and eggs and all that stuff, learning how to run an on-the-go restaurant, trying to raise funds, couldn't get the business going. And actually was visiting a friend in London and tried one of the Innocent Smoothies. And it said on the back, come, come visit us at Fruit Towers. So I quite literally went to Goldhawk Road, an industrial estate, uh, and knocked on the door, met the three founders. They weren't selling up north at the time. Really? They filled up a van, one of the famous vans, the vans that looked like a, a fruit van, something like a dumb and dumber. Uh, and we, I drove up to Manchester and started selling them out the back of a van. And that was the start of my journey at Innocent, which lasted 14 years. So when I joined the company, there was less than 10 of us and just selling in London. And I left, it was clearly a, a global brand that hundreds of people work there and I dropped out of university but I think I landed in the best FMCG business school I, I could have ever dreamt of. Before we move on to Ball, just what lessons good and bad do you feel that you learn at Innocent that you could wrap up and take away with you? I mean I could write a book on that in fact I might do that What springs to mind um, Two, two, two words spring to mind when you're asking me that, the, the people and, and the product. And I, over, over that 14 years, I was just amazed at how many people uh, joined the business and gave so much. It didn't, it didn't feel like work. It genuinely felt like a culture of working with your friends. And I put that largely down to the amazing three founders and the yes. environment they created where they had their, their big vision and purpose and values and we all bought into it and I felt a bit of an imposter if I'm honest because I was I was a I was a university dropout and most people there had been to very good universities and okay. all got first and all got AAAs and I was um I felt slightly out of my depth on the <laughs> intelligence front at times what I realized was that stuff doesn't matter when you get into business so much more is down to the attitude and the character and yeah. the grit and resilience and determination all the, all the stuff that my amazing parents i won the parent lottery had, had taught me so i quickly got over that and 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 made some friends for life at innocent so that so that that's the people side of things and then the product we were just obsessed about trying to make the product 
as good as possible. So um, everything from the packaging to the fruit to all the different products that we made and uh, very much embraced the, the, the Kaizen, uh, the, the, the Japanese proverb for continuous improvement. So nice. never rested on our laurels had these big ambitions to to take the brand international, which we did. And I guess uh, it's chapter two now doing it under my own volition. But yeah, um, yeah it was it was it was an in- incredible experience. And uh, yeah, I felt very lucky to have been part of that team. So you said that when you were in, in California, you wrote a business plan way back when. Yeah. So when did the ideas for Ball start to bubble? I imagine you were just like, in, you know, you said that entrepreneurial spirit was still there. Had you been, you know, keeping your eye on the market and what you thought? Yeah, I mean, my back in the late '90s when I wrote that business plan, it was for all intents and purposes to start a Leon Pod yeah. Bitsu. None of these places were around. Yeah, yeah. For yeah. the younger listeners, um, so I'd been inspired by the Californian lifestyle of keeping yourself fit, yeah. you know, making smoothies, fruit, vegetables, you know, eating good, healthy food on the move. And I just felt that there wasn't that type of opportunity uh, if you were busy, yeah. if you're traveling around the country. So my idea was um, to do something in in the restaurant game. My, my dad started the first ever wine bar in Manchester. My mum was involved in catering. So that was kind of what I knew. After spending all of the time at Innocent, I mean, I didn't even know what FMCG meant. I had no <laughs> idea about that industry. Obviously, I've been working there for years and years yeah. and years. I guess I went from doing the food service, restaurant type idea yeah. to, oh, I can create a brand. And so a lot of those, a lot of what was in that original business plan is is now in Bowl. Wow. Uh, but clearly, when I moved into, uh, for those people that don't know, Innocent did a range of, well, as I mentioned earlier, veg pots, which is similar to one of the parts of our portfolio yeah. now. So the way I look look at it is I I kind of I've been I've been running a part of the business that uh, in 2008 to 2015 I was then going to get the opportunity to go and replicate and, and try and make even better under under my own brand. So as with most things in life, there's ridiculous amounts of luck. Uh, but I, yeah, that was the the structure which led to where we are now. Yeah. So talk us through, um, you, you found Ball. What are the first roles that you created? Talk, talk to us about that. Who was your team? Well, I've never been blessed with uh, uh, the, the most mathematical of brains. So uh, <laughs> I realized I needed to get a numbers person right yeah. from the off. So unbeknown to uh, Rich, Adam and John, the Innocent founders now running Jam Jar Investments. I'd written a business plan, and they're, they're friends of mine now. And I'd written a business plan, and they were the first people I went to to ask oh, wow. for investment in in the brand. And, Amazing. Uh, they said they were going to invest, and they have invested. Um, but John, his first bit of advice to is make sure make sure you get a numbers person right. <laughs> I mean, I can I can add up. I'm pretty good at mental arithmetic, but it was I was yeah. definitely not. Uh, so. I, uh, my business partner is a guy called Ed Juguid. He's yep. a qualified accountant. He's done, he, he didn't drop out of university. He went to Procter <laughs> Gamble, worked at, he worked at Innocent and did a great job there. So, and he leads uh, the finance and operational side yeah. of the business. Another thing that I've heard that you talk about is that you encourage uncomfortable conversations as part of your feedback process. Yeah. Tell us about that. So, as we all know, f- feedback is a as a gift, and we we've got a five minute feedback culture at Ball, um, and um, it's so much of uh, I believe the culture in a business is driven by the the trust and the quality of the relationships people have, and having that psychological safety, and it's it's hard to build that up. It's quite hard to get your head around, but I believe. If your if your intent if your intentions are good to have these difficult conversations, yeah. whether it's in your personal or professional life, yeah. it's it's got to be worth having because that builds up the trust. Is that something you set out from the beginning? Is that part of your brand values? Is it part of the induction? It's like this is how we do things here. A hundred percent. Yeah, we have um, we have reviews every twelve weeks. So a line manager will will sit down with. Um, whoever in their team and they will have collated some feedback um they'll sit down we've got a set 
set of responsibilities that everyone's obviously individually has and uh, something called OKRs or objective and key yeah. results. So uh, each week we write our each individual writes their objective and key results for the week. So it's what their Fair. what their key goal is, um, a reluctant goal, so like a gremlin, like um, and then a champagne goal. Oh, uh, and then there's also something about what they celebrate from the previous week. I know culture is massively important to you, and even dealing with your team on the run up to the podcast, like I can feel the culture, which yeah. is amazing. Um, how have you um, developed that remotely? Because my business has been an office first business, even post COVID. So I'm always really interested in that. How have you developed it like remotely, the culture? Uh, the team generally come in three, four days a week. So we have been together most of the eight years we've been running ball. Um, I mean, the culture, I think the culture's just got better and better yeah. over the years. I I feel in the early years, because we really didn't have any money and uh, we had a big ambitions and a lot to do, I think, I don't think I was a great leader in the early days. I think I recruited people who were amazing, but I probably took t t uh, chucked too much responsibility their way and had uh, expectations that were too big and it became a little bit of a pressure cooker and certain people burnt out or couldn't handle it and... It's not, I don't really live with regrets, but I, I definitely feel um, I could have been done a much better job in the early days. I was definitely feeling the pressure. <laughs> yeah, uh, we had to pay and jump, jump ship from a really safe, high-paying yeah. job uh, to, to something. I mean, it took me years and years and years before I was taking home anything like what I was in my yeah. full-time job, which is, yeah. I guess, normal for an entrepreneur. Um, but now I, feel, um, now I feel we've got to a point where... Uh, I've got so many high-performing individuals who I'm empowering to take responsibility. We've we've got really clear values at Ball. So we've got five values, family, ownership, growth, excellence, and legacy. And that. each one of those words has been cultivated and written by the existing team. And we've got them on our wall that are there and we refer to all of the time. So uh, we recruit against those values. We then give feedback against those values. Um, everybody knows what they're signing up for. I I don't see I mean, the family, the first one. I don't see you know life. I'm quite philosophical about life. There's one life. There isn't like your work life and your personal life. Of, of course, they're separate. But I want people to treat each other more like band of brothers and sisters as opposed to like corporate colleagues. Um, and that starting point of creating more of a family uh, culture set you know, sets the platform for everything so mm. even in the tough times i think uh and we've had a lot of those recently i feel our culture has been better than ever because uh there is a lot of love and respect across the team we've got uh, a big vision at bowl we want to become the number one naturally plant powered food brand on the planet uh, we have a deep-rooted purpose to inspire the world to eat more plants it isn't a business that we're making uh, that we're just trying to make uh, more vegan food for more vegans. We're doing 100% plant-based food that hopefully is loved by lots of different people. Uh, we genuinely want to be a business that's a force for good. We're often making uh, sacrifices. So I believe in the triple bottom line. So of course, it's a business you need to be trying to make profit. Yeah, yeah. But there's a much bigger legacy impact there that you can have on people and planet. Yeah. Uh, if if you entwine all of those things together, you get a business that obviously we're a B Corp and a yeah. business that is different to most other businesses. And yeah. um, if we're getting people into the team that themselves are probably making sacrifices, they might be getting paid more elsewhere at bigger companies or they might have to work more hours at ball or uh, you know, they might have to um, you know not have as much security being with a smaller business, certainly in the earlier years. Uh, they need to buy into all of that stuff. Otherwise, they can't get through um, the tough times and the pressure. So for me, it starts right at the, at the beginning. How much how much do people really want it, want it and bring it? And if they're delivering the results and bringing the energy and, 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 and hopefully really enjoying it yeah. and feeling like they're growing or fulfilled um, and they've got that integrity, like I talked about at the beginning, yeah. about that honesty and transparency, then... Yeah then the trust just nat naturally builds. It's exactly the same in the workplace as it is in the personal life. We don't like have a, I don't believe we have like a, 
a heart and a soul and a brain that goes, okay, right, I'm now in my personal life. How yeah. do we build trust together? Like it's yeah. the same principle. Yeah. Um, so it's it's special. I can feel it. I even said to the team yesterday morning at the end of the Super Bowl meeting, I um I'm starting to do this thing where have you heard about it? This this um and Neil Pashricha. Yeah. So uh, he's you're only awake for a thousand minutes a day. Right. Give or take the average person. And what he's saying is you've got this two minute window as soon as you wake up where that's really the only time of the day that you're not being influenced by external factors. Yeah. So you've you've not looked at your phone yet, you've not put the news on. Yeah. So you've got so you've got this this kind of fresh start every day, yeah. if you like. And you've got something in your brain called an amygdala, which is a tiny like almond-sized shaped part of your brain, which is all about fight or flight. Yeah. And generally we're 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 always like it was why we spend more time looking at um, negative stuff on the news or people rubberneck on a motorway. Yeah. We're attracted to negative stuff sometimes. Mm-hmm. So this this thing that he's encouraged us to do, and I've started doing it, and I'm now getting the team to do it, is like um, I'm grateful for, and you write it down yeah. what you're grateful for. I will let go of, and you write down what you will let okay. go of, and I am going to focus on and do that right at the beginning of every okay. single day. Two minutes exactly. So I've I've been doing it and I'm really really loving it. I don't have time to journal. I do have time to journal. I just don't journal. I've not prioritized it just yet. Uh, but this is like this tiny quick thing that that can just yeah it it, it 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 can get you on the right track. And at the end of talking with the team yesterday morning, I just I said to the team, I've I've enjoyed my time at Ball over the last few weeks more than I have for years and years and years. We're we're just building up to a huge summer. We've got new products we're launching, really exciting marketing campaigns. Um, and just the energy I'm feeling across the team is, yeah. is better than ever. So I just gave the whole team feedback. I'm just so grateful for everything they're bringing into the veg pad every single day because it does genuinely feel like I'm working with a group of mates. And it's, it's, I'm, and that's yeah. what you dreamt up, really. Yeah, that's what I've dreamt already. It isn't always like that. So the universe is delivering mm-hmm. at this moment in time. So I'm I'm going to enjoy it and try and live in the present as much as possible. Do you think they all kind of feel like, I don't know, like, you know, you're very established now. Is it kind of a feeling of, we have got this, like we are going places. Like, is it that kind of feeling? No. <laughs> <laughs> it's because, and that's the difference, isn't it? The difference between success and happiness i believe so happiness comes from the inside out and success is external and and, and yeah. being validated from, from from the outside and what you're saying to me now i i i i'm interpreting from that there's which i'm taking very very um it feels super special you're using the words like a household brand or yeah. you're, you're yeah. so successful we're we're i still you don't see us as a yeah. startup <laughs> and i you know my inside is not content with anything yeah. and i i i know that there's sharks swimming all around us at any moment in time it it can just go so um no we've definitely got more of that street fighter spirit where we're we're feeling more startup than established yeah uh i i i I don't think that's going to go for a a long long time it's 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 a tough old world out there obviously over the last few years there's so so many things that i put in like the circle of stuff you can personally influence and then the circle of stuff that yeah. You have no control of yeah. whether it's the pandemic, whether it's the war in Ukraine, whether it's the political situation, Brexit, uh, cost of living crisis, all that. We have, as an individual, we have absolutely no control of that. Yeah. The impact that can have on us is is obviously, as individuals and collectives, it's huge. Yeah. Um, at any moment in time, any of those things um, could have a hugely detrimental impact and yeah. has on the brand over the years. So zero rest in laurels but i think it's a balance i don't want everyone to come into work bricking it that i'm gonna have to let them go at the end of the week because things are so tough but at the same time i don't want people coming in relaxed and um you know not having any concern for um you know having to grind it out so it's 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 getting that balance which i think we've got at the moment i'm always really shocked when i do speak to household brands or names and you 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 know you assume they're so polished and slick and confident you know behind the scenes so it's it you know it's actually quite reassuring and humbling to hear you say you still got that startup mentality some of the time because i think that makes everyone feel a bit more you know um aligned with you it just makes me think of the swan (laughs) we are definitely paddling under the water and giving this 
air of calmness above, but yeah, it's paddle, paddle, paddle. Oh, <laughs> and you've you've talked about um, as well. You like to motivate people to show their entrepreneurial spirit, and I wonder how do you do that and make? Because I would love to learn off you from this. How do you make people feel entrepreneurial if they're not a director or a shareholder? How do you do that for them? So, if someone encourage people in the team if so if someone's 70 percent sure about something then yeah just do, do it. it yeah uh, it, it's for me i i felt like an entrepreneur when i was an employee at innocent 14 years i was empowered yeah to take responsibility and go for it and so uh for me i think there's a bit of a a misnomer around what an entrepreneur is because yeah. I see my team as a collective of, of entrepreneurs and yeah. I say to them one day, hey, you may well go on and start your own business, yeah. um, but use use this opportunity to be your own boss and, and do things your way. And of course, um, there's certain decisions I'll need to make that yeah. um, I'm not going to leave for somebody else to make, but I find myself a lot in meetings nowadays saying, I, I, I'm I, an inputter or I'm a recommender. Yeah. This decision should get made by somebody else. So the, the, it's, it's as, as a CEO, I, I need to, I need to concentrate on, on the elements that I need to be involved in decisions that I need to make. And I need to you know, consistently be pushing things, um, you know, uh, opening up to the team for, for them to take the responsibility. I, I, I see myself working for the team as much as they are working for me. Yeah. Like, uh, and I think the the team feel that. The, te- yeah. the team don't feel micromanaged and the team do love yeah. taking responsibility on stuff. Yeah. So I think that comes through and um, back to the what you're talking about about building the trust and being clear on clear on what the goals are. Yeah. And then encouraging people to go up, go out there and own it. The team have 25 days paid holiday a year, yeah. but they can take as many holidays as they want. Yeah. So they can have that unlimited yeah. holidays. Um, we have finish early Friday. Uh, obviously, there is that hybrid working where people can work wherever they want. Like I feel in this day and age, one of the great things that's come post the pandemic, it, 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 people are a little bit more kind of pause and reflect yeah. and a bit more conscious of... Um, their own time and, and protecting Definitely. it. So yeah. I love that and really trying to harness that and galvanize that. If people, if people can get the job done in a shorter amount of time or you know, so it gives them more time for yeah. whatever it is that they want to be doing. Just a reminder that the best way you can support the show is to subscribe, leave us a five-star rating and a little review for what you think of our show wherever you listen to your podcasts. It only takes a second and may seem like a small thing, but it helps us rank in the podcast charts, find new listeners and reach even more amazing guests. So with your review, you're actually helping to improve the Anything Is Possible show. Just a reminder that the best way you can support the show is to subscribe, leave us a five-star rating and a little review for what you think of our show wherever you listen to your podcasts. It only takes a second and may seem like a small thing, but it helps us rank in the podcast charts, find new listeners and reach even more amazing guests. So with your review, you're actually helping to improve the Anything Is Possible show. Then I'm actively encouraging them to do that. I'm, I'm... I'm a big one on fitness. I know you used to yeah. say obviously at the beginning, you've just done your Barry's class. I I you know did did my Peloton first thing this morning <laughs> and I, I might have an F forty five this evening. You know, we we work next to a beautiful canal in Paddington next to Hyde Park, encouraging people to get outside, have walking meetings, like less time looking at your phone and your computer yeah. screen, like really um yeah, just just being at one with nature and and i think that can i think that can get uh i think we can sometimes get uh, a bit too corporate in let's let's all sit in a meeting room and yeah spend hours and hours and hours sweating the small stuff like yeah. it just that's just yeah. not gonna help you be as entrepreneurial as you want to be yeah agreed agreed um so you've talked about the tough times um of which is hit food uh retail um Talk to us about that and where you're at at the moment with that. 
So the the tough times over the last few years, I mean, for us, it started lar- largely with Brexit. Yeah. As a brand, we we make, uh, as a British brand, we make every everything we make, we make on this little island. Yeah. Over 70% of our ingredients are sourced within 30 miles of the of the site. So yeah. most of our production happens up in Boston, yeah. Lincolnshire. Um, that's where the, the, most of the grade one soil in the UK is. Uh, the stark reality of Brexit is the you know the, the labour, uh, uh, the availability of labour to, to to do the farming and the harvesting and the meta, like that's that's been somewhat decimated, yeah. and the cost of each ingredient has gone through the roof. So um, in this inflationary market, dealing dealing with all of that has been has been really really tough. And then it was compound, compounded by obviously the pandemic. Uh, the pandemic hurts for two key reasons. First one being most of the people that enjoy Bolly each day are busy young professionals yeah. or um, students and, and yeah. they grab and go. Or And then secondly, our, our, our biggest, our second biggest retailer was Costa Coffee, as an example. Um, right. And at the, at, at the time, but and then they shut all their shops. So, uh, I mean, not getting a violin out because I think everyone's got their own cross to bear with whether it is Brexit or whether it is the pandemic, but very specifically to your questions, it's just those those are two massive events have meant we've got to be even more entrepreneurial with how we do things. Um, and the list of things that we've done uh, is, yeah, it's a it's a really, really long, long list mm-hmm. and probably be boring for your, your listeners for me to go through. But um, having, uh, having a growth mindset yeah. through these times, I think it's been absolutely critical and... Um, talk a, a lot as a team about that and how um you know seeing these tough times as growth opportunities and yeah. I, i'm loving the fact that it's it's so normal to speak in that kind yeah, of way yeah, yeah. started speaking like this a few years ago people have been you think you turn into a yeah. other or something yeah. but i actually think it's 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 a, a real simple change that you can have that makes a huge huge difference and we massively embraced the growth mindset through those tough times and it and it helped us be a little bit more philosophical about things and and get to a much better happier place and how would you sum up your version of a growth mindset um i seeing every experience you have as an opportunity to learn and get better in those moments where we're feeling the pain and pressures of life we're actually growing and yeah and um that experience that might feel pretty torturous at the time may well serve to support us and help us and get through something in the future or help somebody else out. So it's just trying to trying to have that growth mindset. And I I I don't know, I'm I'm 44 years old and I can't remember a time in history where humanity has been challenged in my lifetime so much so consecutively over the last few years. Yeah. I mean Freaking being told you got to be in your house the whole time or twenty three hours a day. I mean, WTF? Like I'm like yeah, it, like it just that came from nowhere, right? And 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 everything that's gone on. So um, yeah, I'm a big believer. And have that. I sat with you now. You're very upbeat, quite spiritual, quite deep. Really great vibe off you. Were there any times that you did think I'm just giving this up? I can't do it. Did you have any of those moments? Yes, really? I I I. You know, over the last eight years, the sacrifices that you make, um, you, you know, there's definitely times when I've I've been pushed to the brink of thinking um, either by my own own decision of pulling the plug or somebody else's. Like financially, we sell pretty close to the sun where we we or we drop meat, fish, and dairy with half the size of the business. And yeah. I said to each of the team, I said, "Brush up your CVs. We might not survive this, but." Yeah. Um, we'll get through it one way, shape, or form. You know, as individuals or you know, as a team working together. So, yeah, of course, I think it'd be a it'd be a, a, a lie uh, for most entrepreneurs to say they've not thought, uh, "Can I get yeah. through this?" But I've been taught from a very early age. You know, I've got a lot of grit and resilience yeah. in me and determination, and I think that's where it comes back to the higher purpose and mm. I don't want to come across all evangelical talking about it but 
I've gen- I genuinely believe that we can be a business and a brand that does stand the test of time. So uh, I'll have those moments of weakness and concern, but I very, very quickly um, zig and zag and put yeah. it to one side and, and crack on again. And yeah. that's the job as the, as the leader of the business. Most of the time, um, you know, I've got been trying to inspire people to yeah. get through that and not, not think too much of my own situation. When I started Ball, I think I'd sleep five hours, five, six hours a night. Yeah. Max. Yeah. And if I'm honest, I probably saw that as a bit of a badge of honor. Yeah. yeah. Now I'm like, what was I doing? I like I I'm pretty obsessed now. I I I try and get eight hours. Do you? Yeah. Can you manage it? Uh well not not with Three kids, oh. one of them being an eleven-month-old baby. But I, I, I try, I try yeah. where possible to to get a lot more rest to recuperate yeah. more than I used to. I'm, I've got non-negotiables around my fitness and doing some form of exercise every single day. Um, I drink less than I used to. Uh, I, yeah, party less than I used to. I, 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 I I've made certain decisions in my life that mean. I'm set up better to yep. take on those tough times. Yeah. And I'm so certain my wife wouldn't wouldn't listen to me in a podcast, obviously. <laughs> Bored of listening to me all day long. Anyway. Um, but uh I think, yeah, as a as a team, I think definitely feeling feeling stronger now than those early years where um I was I was learning the job. Yeah. I, I it was my first experience of being responsible for everything and um I think now I've got healthier ways to expend energy. Yeah, yeah. And you know how you can bring more value to the business when you're looking after the other things as well, don't you? Exactly. You can't you can't look after anybody else if 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 you're not looking after yourself. Yeah. I think mean, I again it's getting widely written about and spoken about nowadays. Having that self love um is pretty is pretty crucial to yeah. getting through life. I know that you're a massive believer in vision and purpose and why, 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 why are you doing something? And you've, you know, talked about writing a business plan. And let's say there's people listening that have got this, you know, idea or whatever. Talk us through that process, that questioning yourself as to what your purpose is, because I know that's really been important to you. Yeah, I think it's lots, lots of us sit around with friends and talk about a product or a service that we think would be a great idea yeah. and a big business idea or something. And uh, I actively encourage people to do that and, and play with it and prototype the idea and yeah. and uh, get excited about it. But fundamentally, um, if you can if you can create a business that has something bigger than the product or service itself and has a wider impact, that um, I I passionately believe in sustainable capitalism. Yeah. I believe that. Uh, Capitalism is here to stay, yeah. but I don't believe that capitalism in the sense of what has been in the past needs to be the future. So yeah. capitalism in the past for me was more about uh, a small group of people making as much money as possible and don't really give a shit about what happens to the people yeah. involved or the impact it has on the planet. It's all about now, 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 a bit yeah. like Pac-Man, yeah. people that remember that. And um, I now believe that actually you can have a triple line, bottom line. You can be a profitable business that has a real impact on people and planet as well. So I, I, I think the why is rooted in a bigger impact beyond just profit. Yeah. Uh, for me, it's the impact it has on people's health. It's the impact it has on uh, the planet. So we, as a business, uh, we we've donated our first few years of profits. To charity, the Action Against yeah. Hunger charity. Every single year, we donate tens and tens of thousands of pounds. Even when we're not profitable, we uh, have donated hundreds of thousands of meals. Like uh, we've chosen to do this because um, we believe that the business can have an impact bigger than just the, the financials. Yeah. Uh, that that type of model now is becoming more normalised, mm-hmm. and that's what the whole B Corp principle is based upon it's it's having uh this kind of higher states of consciousness if you like and i'm loving the fact that it's becoming normalized i believe that 
most of the talent that's um, or lots of the talent that's coming through um, schools and universities now, um, they they that this is normal for them. They sit around and talk about uh, climate change or um, the vegan movement, yeah, like all of this stuff. It's just amazing, and I think that can lead to a a better future. I mean, one of my heroes is Yvonne Chouinard, the um, the founder of Patagonia. Yes, his yeah. book "Let My People Surf" is is absolutely amazing. So. What I'm trying to do now is not new. People have done it time and time again before me, but I just think there's more and more people now trying to create businesses that have a deeper rooted purpose. And it helps you attract the best talent. It helps you retain the best talent. It, it helps you enjoy being in business more. Yeah. I, just not, I mean, I've just never really been a big one on money, money, money. Yeah. But I'm like, and if that's what it's all about, then... Yeah. Um, like, yeah, I can't see that being overly exciting. I I listened to a podcast actually the other day with the founder of Too Good To Go. Um, and she was saying that um, she is very much the argument of we're doing good and charitable work, but we are a business and we will make profit, that kind of balance. And yeah. that's actually nothing to be ashamed of. We can do good and still make a profit and be a profitable business. Totally, totally. It's 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 the... The law of economics you you need you you if you need to certainly be aiming to make some yeah. profit so that you can then put yeah. it back into building the brand like yeah. i said at the beginning I've, I've got global ambitions for ball yeah i really believe that we can take the brand international yeah. and that's only going to work if if it if it works on this little island yeah uh, but that doesn't mean that you can do that at the behest of everything else yeah that's not success yeah yeah um, so you, you talked about sacrificing a lot. Um, have you got any regrets? I think I touched on them earlier. I, so I started Ball in 2015 and in that one year moved down from Manchester to London, um, uh, with, with a pregnant wife, um, and, I I don't think in those early years I was I was a good father. I think I uh, I wasn't around that much, and um, I don't think I uh, uh, I don't think when I was there I was as present and supportive as I I could have and should have been. So I don't I don't really live with regrets, but I'm I'm more looking at it as that was a that was a learning experience for me and i've now got an 11 month old baby yeah riley brown who oh, um, so this morning i was i was i was up at six and uh, straight on the peloton as quickly as possible because i knew i was coming here and i wanted to really be on point for this and I, my pel the peloton ended with me finishing and um uh, my seven and nine year old I'd, I'd taken my earplugs out and I was listening to yeah. dance music and they were dancing around the kitchen as and as was my 11 month old baby and, oh. um it was it was a magical moment and I don't that that didn't really happen for me in the yeah. early years yeah. because yeah. I would have been I would have been up out the door I I, I would have been like now nah, I'm all yeah, about yeah. bowl 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 today so I'm just trying to get that balance in my life where I'm having um I've got I'm having more time for my family and my friends yeah. and got I'm trying to live with better intentions yeah. and being a bit less selfish yeah. I, and I'm totally work in progress I'm like miles away from where I want to be but yeah. uh, it's so yeah it's a long winded way of answering your question do I have regrets no uh, can I learn from probably being a bit of a schmuck a few years ago and, and, and be a lot be better yes yeah and that's the growth mindset of course as well so um well uh, just a couple more questions for you because i could talk to you all day um you um how is your week then just just i'm always really super interested in somebody's week is there much structure to it uh you've talked about non-negotiables with fitness yeah. yeah like is talk to us about that week how does that you know how is that for you so for me it's i heard this expression a while back that um discipline is freedom and it almost sounds a bit of an <laughs> an oxymoron Love but that. i i am trying to be more disciplined so um most most of my meetings happen on a monday and tuesday yeah so um 
quite quite back to back on Mondays and Tuesdays. Wednesday is a completely completely meeting free day, so I can be anywhere. It's complete thinking time. Um, it gives it, and I started doing this a couple of years ago, and it's it's an absolute game changer for me. Um, Thursday, I'm always um, in the veg pad, but less less yeah. kind of meetings, a bit more freedom. But I'm definitely available for the rest yeah. of the team. And then, like I said earlier, it's Fridays a finish early Friday, but Again, I'm, I I like to be in the veg pad most of the time. So yeah. that's the kind of headline structure on each week. But I've, you know, we've got an F45 right next to our yeah. work. So less people in the team do it now because there's a gym that's just opened up next door that's really, really cheap to people <laughs> move from F45. But we, I, I try to fit us at lunchtime yeah. most days with the team, training yeah. together as much, many people as possible. Yeah. Um, and like I said, either seeing the family first thing in the morning or, or trying to get home to put them to bed and read to them in the evening. Because I used to think I'm, yeah. my job is 24-7, 365 days in the yeah. year. And I kind of still feel like that in a way, but I can still achieve that and take that responsibility on without being so contactable. I think that's part of the problem with this day and age. We are oh, yeah. so available all of the time. Yeah. And... Yeah, this expression the other day, I think we've become like phonaholics. Like it, it's, yeah, it's I don't. really quite unhealthy. So yeah. it's more about just trying to have the discipline to give me the freedom to be the best version of myself, yeah. whether it is as a as a CEO or as a as a father, as a um as a husband, as a son, as a friend. Yeah. Like I I need to put that discipline in my life, otherwise I'm just chaos. Yeah. Let's get everybody's taste buds going. Talk us through the ball like product range i was um ha- trying the new power shape the other day yeah. Just get everybody going with what you sell and what well we we would now kind of available breakfast lunch dinner and snacking yeah. so if i go chronological yeah if you you had a um i got stopped by a dad at school the other day who said um you're the bowl guy and i was like well i work at bowl but <laughs> yeah and it he he's on he said and he looks quite a fit guy. Yeah. He said, I've been on the bowl diet. Okay. And he's just made that up. We've oh, never wow. marketed a bowl diet. Yeah. But he's, he just told me um, he's lost 10 kilograms. Wow. Which is like, obviously, ridiculous amount. He said, yeah. he struggled with his weight for years. And we are so not a diet brand. Let me just put yeah, this yeah. out again. But why I've got to talking about this now, you're asking the question is, he said he's tried loads of other things, but it really works for him because it it's got, it's I've high been, protein, high yeah. fiber, beans, pulses, all of that stuff. And he has a power shake, which you said is 100% yeah. whole food, nutritionally complete meal. Yes. We've got like peanut butter and chocolate. Oh. We've got a vanilla, oats and almond. Um, here it here first. We've got a beautiful salted caramel about to launch Ooh. in a few weeks' time. But it's almost like you get vice and virtue in the same yeah. bottle because it is super good for you. Um, yeah but also taste banging as well. Yeah. And we've got our super soups, which yeah, are um, some of our best sellers at the moment. Um, uh, then we've got our veg pots, the original yeah. range. So the kind of Thai coconut curry. And uh, again, one of my uh, biggest po- biggest positives is when someone writes into us and says to us, oh, I've fed, usually it's a girl saying they've fed it to their boyfriend or husband or something, and they say, and he really enjoyed it. And then I told him it was vegan. He blew his mind. He's like, yeah. oh, I thought vegan tastes taste yeah. crap. Might be. So we've then um we've then got that range as well. Uh but we've we've not stopped. Like we're we're working in the background. Uh I'd love us to do a, a chilled snacking range. Yeah, yeah. Um uh we only do stuff in chilled at the moment. Yeah. So we've got nothing in ambient, nothing in yeah. frozen, but you know. uh, never said never, uh, never say never. So yeah, I mean it's uh I don't want this to sound like a, a sales pitch to all your listeners, but like I said, we're in, in the Tesco, Sainsbury's, Waitrose, and um, Planet Organics, and all these these types of places, and you get out on the Cardo, and yeah, I mean, it's for me, it's a delicious range of like everybody should cook from scratch yeah. as much as possible. Yeah, uh, but if you don't have time, then it's a no compromise solution. I yeah. guarantee it's been made with love and taste, absolutely banging. People should check out. He's called Tim Spector, nutritionist. Yes. Talking about the variety of plants yeah. that yeah. we've obviously been part of that generation that was, that was told five a day is the key, yeah. and, and that is still really, really important. But 
uh, we're obviously learning about the microbiome and gut health of yeah. the moment. So much that we still don't know, but he's he's really banging the drum for yeah. thirty plants and variety of plants being key to obviously feed yeah. and all your you know your good bacteria. And we have a huge variety of plants and everything that we make. Yeah. So I think um, yeah, definitely actively encourage people to get as many different plants into the diet as possible. Yeah. So coming to the close of the podcast, something you said in the past is you have one life, smash it, enjoy the ride. Tell the warriors and the anxious people out there how to apply this principle to their life. Wow. Deep. <laughs> I... I think it it kind of I I I find um I'm not I'm not very religious. Uh so I'm in awe of people that are very religious and really happy and content because they've got this higher state of purpose and belief and, and it's like amazing. That's yeah. that that's how they live their life and that and that's great. And then um for the rest of us, um I think uh you know, I'm I'm spiritual and I believe you know, I, I'm I'm a big fan of uh, plants in every single way and i think they're gonna um they're gonna change the world in many different ways uh over over the next few decades um but for me life and happiness is so much just down to building up lots of little things little experiences that you have yeah. um what's most important to you focusing your time where possible on on that stuff looking after yourself first i like i said earlier in the podcast i think i've only just recently started doing it but if for two minutes of every single day you can talk about, you can write down, you know, what you're grateful for, you know, what you're going to let go of, and then obviously what you're focusing on for the day. Then over a year, you're going to have a lot of uh, notes to look back on and stuff that you're great. And it doesn't need to be the big thing. So um, I walked to this podcast down the Thames this morning, and I just like. Talking. listening to the birds and seeing the water and just grateful to be alive and just living on this beautiful planet which i yeah just i love love, love to bits and yeah. it's like um you know i'm writing down what i'm let go of which like as we've all got we've got always always pretty got stuff in our heads that we need to let go of you know, yeah. relationship problems or um stuff that's festering inside if, if if we can just start to be more present and uh, really focus on the stuff that is going to uh, make us happy. I think that, but doing that each day rather than putting huge pressure on ourselves, I believe having big goals is really, really helpful most of the time. But actually, I think they can be pretty unhelpful sometimes when people are looking at social media or and they're looking at whether it's fitness people or they're looking at all these people that are plastering all over the shop how successful their lives are. And it makes us feel pretty um, pretty small and sometimes um, you know, can, can add to that self-loathing that I think can come through with social media nowadays. But um, So I think it's more just about trying to be at one with oneself yeah. rather than be uh, com comparing. I think comparison is the root of all unhappiness. So uh, concentrating on... Yeah. here now and um oneself rather than everyone else i think it's a good start we've just had um sophie louise hughes on the podcast she's a curve model and she says something really good about social media she said there is no one she follows that causes her any anxiety she if they do at all she just deletes them she said so her instagram is pure joy to her because everything she's following is stuff she loves and i thought that's such a nice way to look at it you know if you can that's yeah amazing and a much better articulation than mine so this is the anything is possible podcast please tell us paul what does anything is possible mean to you anything is possible i just it's kind of this one one life smash it mentality that i've 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 had all my life i've 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 failed so so many things it is a ridiculously long list of my mates take the rip out of me a lot when um you know someone writes about um x this or x that um but i i just f failure is an opportunity to learn and i wouldn't quite go as far as saying it's a gift because as an entrepreneur it sucks because it costs an absolute fortune <laughs> to get things wrong but um i do uh i i have learned through 
failure uh, that anything is possible because uh, a game-changing moment for me was walking through those doors at Fruit Towers at this fledgling smoothie company, Innocent Drinks, and knocking on the door. And, and, and that was a sliding doors moment for me. But that came off the back of you know, failed at rugby, failed at football, failed at university, failed at snowboard. Like it was one thing after another. And as, as I was in the back of that cafe, 21 years old, flipping burgers and making people, um, loads of corporate people, at breakfast i was like what has my life come to i'm i'm like a complete loser uh but managed you know, a bit of luck came my way and uh i just think if people just keep searching and keep pushing uh for what they want they will the universe will will deliver so yeah don't give up and enjoy the rise wow really you are such an interesting spiritual deep person i've loved our conversation i believe we're going off to veg pad now I'm hoping there's going to be some bowl food after the try over there. Um, listen, thank you for taking the time and best of luck with scaling it to a global brand. I have no doubt you'll do it. Thank you very much. Respect. Just a reminder that the best way you can support the show is to subscribe, leave us a five-star rating and a little review for what you think of our show wherever you listen to your podcasts. It only takes a second and may seem like a small thing, but it helps us rank in the podcast charts, find new listeners and reach even more amazing guests. So with your review, you're actually helping to improve the Anything Is Possible show. Have you been wondering what Anything Is Possible Live 2024 is all about? It's a 12-hour personal development experience from 8am to 8pm. Beyond the amazing content that is going to help you achieve your dreams, we have got mega brands, delicious food and drink, unique activations and much more. This is the sign you have been waiting for. It is time to invest in yourself and be part of something amazing. I really hope to see you there. Link in the bio to buy your tickets.